Bible says in Romans 8, chapter verse 28. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. We love to talk about success on display, but we don't understand. I love it when people walk up to me, and it happens to me every single week. Somebody will email or Facebook and say, Brother, they call you brother, they don't know you. And I... Help me go to the nations. I feel this call. I want your anointing. And I'm going, you don't want to fight my demons. You don't want to walk through what we've had to walk through. Because what you don't understand is scars on earth are testimonies in heaven. And you don't want to have to go through what I've had to go through to be able to shout about it in heaven. See, there's a process. He told me to come and preach tonight the power of the purpose to begin to tell you some things. That there is a price. That you don't just suddenly stand on a stage. You don't suddenly just get used. It is a process. It's, and it comes out of nowhere. I was telling a friend of mine that got called last week to suddenly be in a movie for... Uh, 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 and, and out of nowhere gets a phone call. He's a pastor of an incredible church in California. Suddenly gets a call to be in a movie and I said it's that favor that was already planned let, let me read this verse to you again because you're not getting it. and we know that in all things not just a couple of things because if you just look at the couple of things you're probably going to quit it's in the all things process it's when you begin to mix it all together the good the bad and the ugly works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose now the word purpose means this it means created, a laying down of anything in view of others, brought to public display for a reason. Oh, you're not getting this yet. That's all right. It's going to come alive and you're going to hit somebody and it's going to get embarrassing. Now watch. Because God begins to bring some things together that doesn't make sense. He begins to pull it all together. How does God bring it all together? It doesn't say one thing shall work for the good. It says in all things. David understood this, that it was a process. That's why, because he had what he had walked through in Samuel, uh, 2 Samuel 24, 24, when he was offered a, pro, a, a piece of land to make a sacrifice on, he said, I will ask of nothing doesn't cost me something. He understood if you're going to get to a place, you've got to pay for a place. You've got to go somewhere. And what you've got to realize is, I love what it says in Romans 8.28 in the Message Bible. Now, I believe it's a prophetic word for this house. Look, he says, he knows us far better than we know ourselves. He knows our pregnant condition. He keeps us present before God. I love that right there. You could preach on that for days. He says, I see, I see you walking around, your water about to break, all swollen all over the place, having a bad attitude. I've never been pregnant. And I think pregnant people are pretty. Did that for Karen. But I love what it says right there. He says, I know that there's something inside of you growing. Because it takes a little dirt to put a little seed. That's yours. Got to have a little dirt to make the seed grow. God says, I've noticed there's something going on inside of you. I took a Holy Spirit sonogram, and, it's, and I see it. I, I see something in there. In fact, it's even got feet starting to form on it, and I knitted it together in the secret place. How many of you know that's why God continually says, go back to the secret place? And the problem with most people, you can tell they don't pray when their life is frayed because he still has a knitting needle, and he still knows how to get you in the secret place and put you back together again. He puts you together in the secret place, Psalms 139. And, and so if somebody's frayed, if somebody walks around frayed, you can tell they don't have a prayer life 
because they've not gone to the secret place to get sewed back together. But look what he says right here. That's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God has worked into something good. Somebody shout out, I win. See, you'll never, ever be able to shout about your freedom until you can praise Him for you where you've been. See, some of you, if we heard your history, you'd almost do like this when you tell us, but God says proclaim it. Because it's proof of grace. It's proof that He had His hand on you. You shouldn't even be here. See, I'm talking to the ones that people come up and they go, I want to do that. I want to stand on that stage. And I'm going to say, do you want to talk about my years of insecurity? Do you want to talk about my years of a failure spirit when she would hold me when I'd go to bed at night after preaching to thousands and I'd lay there until finally I, I, I wrestled with God in a hotel room in Toronto, Canada and he said, Pat, I'm tired of you redecorating the same old tomb. There's a moment when you resurrect. Remember in, in John, I believe it's 21, when Jesus finally, when Jesus came out of the tomb, the Bible says Mary looked at him and said, you must be the gardener. Everybody thinks she missed it there, but she did not miss it. Now, understand, she got it right because he was the second Adam. So in other words, when, and, and Adam was in Genesis 2, was the gardener so when you finally come out of your tomb you may walk in as one thing but when you finally resurrect and quit redecorating the same old tomb when you finally come out people won't see you for what you went in as they see you for what you were called to be so when he walked out and she said you must be the gardener she didn't miss it he's the second adam he is the gardener he's tilling the soil he's raising up the crops somebody praise him